the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okie dokie, today is Story Day, and it's Veterans Day, so thank you to all of our veterans. We're going to start with a Veterans Day story, then I've got some Texas stories, because boy, is it strange down here sometimes, especially for a little country bumpkin like me. Then we'll talk about another weird Instagram trend that has me shaking my head at all of the ladies out there participating. What are you doing? We've got some midterm updates, a hard chat about history, and to finish, another detransitioner is speaking out for the sake of saving children. God bless them. Let's get on into it. Okie dokie, if you guys haven't yet, please hit subscribe. I would really appreciate it. New episodes come out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're all trying to be more educated and aware, responsible citizens of this great republic, right? <laughs> okay, before we get into the first topic, though, you have all helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back exclusively to my listeners right now. MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bedsheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. So Christmas through March 1st, that's a big deal. The Giza bedsheets are marked down as low as $29.99, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these, you guys. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailing for $89.98, but is now just $39.98 with promo code MORGAN. There's limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-738-8374, use promo code MORGAN, or go to MyPillow.com, click the radio listener square, and use promo code MORGAN. Woo! Thank you! Okay, so to start, happy Veterans Day. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much, and thank you to the families. You guys, there is a big difference, remember, between Armed Forces Day and Memorial Day and Veterans Day. On Veterans Day, we honor everybody who served, who is considered a veteran. Armed Forces Day is everybody in the Armed Forces, and Memorial Day is for those who lost their lives. So today is Veterans Day, and I'm really excited because, first of all, my dad's a veteran, and I know a bunch of them, and a lot of veterans are in my family, and I'm just very appreciative because I have a a love of history, and I have a great appreciation for the fact that people continue to sign up to defend our country because they understand how fragile our system is, how amazing and unique it is compared to the rest of human history. And so we really can only continue to stand in such a way, first of all, if we have responsible citizens, thank you very much. We've got to fix the domestic problems that we have. But also if we have strong men and women that continue to stand in our defense. And so I'm very, very thankful for that. Now, speaking of the fact that my dad's a veteran, that's what actually got me involved in all of this, all because my mom and my dad set me on a good path to be very, very well-read on history. We would always record, I can't remember what the function was called, we would record every History Channel documentary and then watch it together as a family. Then in high school, this is that first story that I'll tell you guys. In high school, I still don't know why I did this, and I tr every time I tell it, I'm like, geez, I really need to figure out what my reason was. But when I was in high school, I left my 
school day at around what 2:30 is when you get out and for some reason I still can't remember I decided to drive to the VFW post for the first time in my town and I had no idea what I was going to expect but I'll tell you what I did not expect and that's exactly what I saw I did not expect to walk in at maybe 3 p.m. on like a Tuesday in my small hometown to the VFW and see basically a dark and very low lit bar filled with veterans in the middle of the day. And there was a cool jukebox and these guys were awesome. It's a bunch of Korean and uh, Vietnam vets. I had no idea what to expect. It wasn't that though. You know what I mean? And so little 16 year old Morgan, I think I was that old at the time. So I was pretty shocked and I was wondering what the heck are they doing here in the middle of the day, drinking and hanging out like this. And so what do you know? I ended up signing up right away. I convinced my dad to come join. I became a, uh, an officer of the ladies auxiliary right away because you have the actual post with the guys who qualify, served, who can are actually legitimately considered veterans. They can join. If you aren't considered a veteran who served in like veterans of foreign wars is the full VFW name. So if you aren't considered that, then you can at least join the American Legion. But I joined the VFW because my dad served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was also on site during the cleanup of 9-11. So for me, I convinced my dad to join. I become an officer of the VFW Ladies Auxiliary, which is the helping entity. And it was a blast. That was what my formative years in high school were spent doing. And so people ask a lot, like, how did you end up in this field? How did you end up doing what you do now? And I attribute it back all to my experiences when I was 16, talking to people who were decades and decades and decades older than me, who saw and lived through incredible moments in American history. One of the people I'm thinking of right away is Mary Horton, who passed away, but at the time, I'm 16 joining and become an officer, and I go to all the monthly meetings, I'm at all of the fundraisers, all of the events, and all of the parades. I would walk in the parades. I was a good poppy salesperson at the parades, okay? Um, but Mary Horton, she was the wife, she's now the, was the widow of a man who served in World War II in the Pacific Arena. And so I just thought it was so interesting. You have the daughter of an Operation Iraqi War veteran from that community at the post, at the meetings, at the events with a woman whose husband served in the Pacific arena of World War II. And that's the power of something like the VFW. One of the next lessons that I learned in that though, you guys, is how sad, (laughs) this makes me so emotional every time, how sad the older veterans are from the Vietnam War, from the Korean War. They are all so sad to see Uh, such low numbers of participation and entry from the GWAP, from the global war on terror, from the guys who served in Afghanistan and Iraq. They don't understand why they aren't joining in. They feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities, especially when you look at the numbers for veteran suicide and the lack of community that you're seeing there. And I completely agree. It makes me really sad, but I wouldn't say that this is necessarily just a, a veterans issue. This is more so an issue of our society. We have no community whatsoever. Okay. So that's why not just the VFW and the American legions, those are on the downfall, but you also see the decline of things like participation in community centers, in the rotary club and stuff like that. So in general, I think it's really sad to see the decline of community. And that also carries into the lack of participation from the newer guys that could be joining into the VFW and, and getting so many great experiences. Now, I mean, I, I just walked into my apartment to film. I park in the parking garage and there is a couple that I've never met that lives on my floor, right? And 
They didn't even look at me. We walked five feet away from each other to pass for me to get into the door for them to leave. And they didn't even look in my direction. If you think about it, like there's something really dehumanizing about that where we can live on the same floor of the same building with other humans and we don't even look at their faces for a smile or a hello and interaction anymore. And there's something really weird about that. And I get it. Like I'm Morgan and I'm a little weird. So I notice that kind of stuff, but I was kind of like, Hey, are you trying to save this country or not? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But okay. Back to the VFW stuff though. My biggest point that I want to stress to people, because I know a lot of uh, younger guys in the military listen to this podcast. I have an insane uh, amount of my followers actually come from San Antonio. Okay. And I know exactly why it's like the military capital, but I get it. You know, this is definitely that kind of demographic. I fit that. So anybody that's involved in our military, anybody that has served, anybody that's a family member of somebody who served, please know that there is a great opportunity for you to join into the VFW and hear some amazing, amazing stories. And then on top of that, if you aren't connected to a military family, or if you don't have a veteran in your home, please know that the American Legion and the VFW in your town, they have a ton of events. They have a ton of opportunities. If a veteran in town gets cancer, guess what? They're going to have a fundraiser for it, and they're going to build a system usually of how you can support that specific veteran. And that carries into my next thing that I want to address with what we're we're dealing with here. When you look at the numbers with our veteran community, when you look at a lot of the problems, not just with that, but with so many other issues in our country, it seems overwhelming to see the national statistics, right? But at the end of the day, if you break it down to what you can do in your own unique town, in your own unique community, it becomes a lot more manageable. Okay. So please don't look at all of the problems we're facing in this country and say, oh my gosh, it's going to be impossible. These numbers are crazy. That it's never going to be achievable. Because if you break it down to us as community members taking responsibility for the people in our area, in our community, that becomes a lot more manageable. You know what I mean? And so please, if you don't have anybody in your family, if you don't have a direct connection, please know that you can still get involved. And I highly recommend you doing it because me, As a 16-year-old, hearing these stories of service and sacrifice, and not only that, but I mean, you see grown men cry quite a lot if you're involved in the VFW. That, in my teen years, was a shock to the system. And I think that's exactly what I needed to get on a good track. I try and look back at my childhood of like, when did I really start to become who I am, right? Like I had my moment where I started to become very Christian. I started going to church. I had my moment where I realized, wow, I love history. I had my moment where I realized I want to focus on certain things in my career or I want to actually limit that and then focus more on my family. I have these definitive moments. But if you're a parent out there and you're wondering what can I do to really instill certain values in my child, I swear you need to take them to the VFW. You have to take them to the American Legion and you have to build communication channels between your children and these amazing people, these amazing families that have experienced so much. Okay. I highly recommend it because it did wonders for me. I attribute a lot of what I do now all to the experiences and the things that I heard and witnessed at the VFW post. So thank you to those guys. I love them all very much. I'm now 25. So it's, oh my gosh, I'm now 25 turning 26 in a month. So it has been almost a decade, but I think back to those moments 
constantly. I also, if you guys ever see me with my American flag pin in any content or at any event, please know that that flag pin is from Mary Horton. Because as a 16-year-old, when I became an officer in the VFW Ladies Auxiliary, that means you have funeral responsibilities. If anybody in the community dies, then the women of the Ladies Auxiliary or the men of the post are responsible for certain ceremonial duties in that funeral. And so I had never been to a funeral before until I was a teenager in the VFW doing a random woman who I had not met before's service. And wow, that's a shock to the system as well. So Mary Horton gave me her American flag pin on that day. So that's that flag pin, if you ever see me wearing it. So the other thing that I want to talk about with veterans is the fact that there are really great resources beyond just looking in your community and focusing on the people that you can actually directly communicate with. If you guys want one foundation to look at immediately and support, I highly suggest the Hunter 7 Foundation. They look at helping veterans who are struggling, especially with health situations based on their service and time in the military. God bless them. If you guys don't know this, when we look at policy and government and how we can bring solutions in that department, I highly suggest supporting politicians that are working to fix the problems with the VA in our political system, in our government. For me, my dad has cancer right now. If you guys didn't know that, sorry, shocker. Um, I've talked about it a few times on the episodes, but my dad, it's this weird situation. I'm not going to explain it very well, but he has Two situations. One of them was a thyroid cancer directly linked to his time cleaning up on the site of 9-11 because he went down the day after. If you guys have seen the shots in my workshop, you'll see, (laughs) this is so funny, you'll see a deer head mounted on the wall of my, my Zegers Freedom Flags workshop. On the deer head is a construction hat. And a lot of you guys have asked me about it because it has an American flag. It's like an American flag design on the construction hat, hard hat. And my dad's story behind that is that the guys were all going down because they all assembled in upstate New York where we're from. And then they all drove down to New York City to where the Twin Towers were to participate in the cleanup the day after. So in that little convoy, big convoy, just kidding, in that big convoy on the way down to New York City, they stopped for gas and there was construction workers with those American flag hard hats on. They heard where my dad and his guys were going And they gave them their American flag hard hats to wear. And that's where it came from. So I have all these really cool pictures of my dad wearing this American flag hard hat at the cleanup site. And then now it's on the deer mount in our Zegers Freedom Flags workshop. So that's what it is. But my dad has thyroid cancer linked to the stuff that was mucked up into the air and all that that jazz down at the cleanup site of 9-11. And then he also has a genetic situation as well with a different kind of thyroid cancer. It's The science is a little confusing to follow. But either way, that's why I'm always in upstate New York because I'm there with my family. And then with all the surgeries and treatments, I go up and I'm in New York. And in other situations, I'm in Texas, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. But the bottom line is that a huge problem that we're dealing with with our veterans is all of the health problems that they're facing. And then to make matters worse, the government is completely impossible to deal with when it comes to properly caring for our veterans. And so advocating for politicians and for leadership in that department is really, really important if you're looking to select high value, high quality candidates moving forward in future elections. I've got to say Hunter 7 does an amazing job. And to be honest, my dad's experience with getting help for the treatment 
and for paying for it and everything like that because of the link to 9-11 was immediate. I don't know why, I don't know how, but God bless, right? Because you hear these horror stories and you see so many unfortunate situations and to just see the ease of which my parents have been going through the process of working with the VA, working with the hospitals and stuff. It's been really a blessing during such a hard time. You know what I mean? And it can truly make such a difference. So that's definitely something that cannot be neglected or forgotten. It should be on the forefront of our minds when we're talking about selecting politicians that we would like to represent us and fix the problems in the country. Now, moving on from the Veterans Day topic, final thing is thank you so much to our veterans and that there is so much that can still be done to honor them, and to help them out. Please don't forget them. When I'm not in New York with my family during this very frustrating time, I'm sure you can imagine, I am in Texas for the most part. And so I have a little situation of not being good at young people things. And so the next story is Morgan doing young people things. And just two examples come from yesterday. One, One young person thing I'm bad at is doing girly maintenance things. And so I've decided to go to a spa. And so yesterday I went to a spa to do a few things. And I'm there and I'm talking to this woman and we're in Fort Worth, keep in mind. And she's asking me where I am. She's asking why didn't I choose Dallas, et cetera. And she's just saying, yeah, I work out here, but you know, I just would really love to go back to Dallas. And Dallas is like 40 minutes the other way, right? And so I was like, oh, really? Why? Like, I love Fort Worth. This is why uh, I'm here. I love the stockyards. I love two-stepping. And she was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just so different. Like, if you want to go out to dinner, if you want to go to a club, if you want to, like, hang out and have a fun night, like, that is Dallas. Like, the scene is so fun. And I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally, sure. And she's like, you know, Fort Worth, it's uh, cozy. You know, I mean, like you can you could put your your boots on and and like a dress and and go out. But in Dallas, you don't do that anymore. You know, I, I just love Dallas, and I am listening to her explanation, and it's basically the epitome of my opposite. You know what I mean? And so hearing that, I mean, this woman, I asked her a bunch of questions because I was genuinely curious, and she she grew up here. She grew up here in Texas. She's a Texan, and she's telling me that she's glad that she can live in Dallas where that whole cowboy boot thing is just leaving. You know, like it's not a thing anymore. If you want to do that, go go play cowboy over in Fort Worth. But Dallas is new and fun and vibrant and there's clubs and stuff like that. And I am listening to that going, oh, good Lord, help me. Jesus, help it today. (laughs) So that was the first little experience because in my head, she's telling me this and I know exactly what I'm about to do tonight. I was like, I'm getting my little denim overall dress on and some cowboy boots and I'm going two-stepping at the saloon. Thank you very much. So let's flash forward to exactly what I did last night, which was wear my little denim overall dress with my little boots. And I wore this like cute baseball three-quarter sleeve t-shirt, long sleeve thing underneath. And I did that because uh, Wednesdays, it's more casual. You know what I mean? I'll wear a cute sundress uh, on Fridays and Saturdays if if I go two-stepping. But on Wednesdays, it's uh, more cash. You know what I mean? So I wore that. Needless to say, I'm at my spot. It's Morgan, who is 25 with an eight-piece band on the stage, a small dance floor, and everybody is over the age of 50, but 50 to like 85. Imagine that. A ton of couples that basically are farmers, ranchers, trucking families, working-class people that live all around and come and dance three nights a week. It's fantastic. 
Wednesdays, everybody goes there as well. It's not just like a Friday, Saturday thing. So I go, for the most part, couples go together and they dance, but there's a few people who kind of like, they ping pong. And so you can dance with all these different people. I've explained this before on other episodes. But just imagine the scene of like Morgan dressed like that with a bunch of people who are over 50 and like hanging out with them at the table and stuff, dancing with a new person every time. It's a blast. They're playing Conway Twitty. They're playing Merle Haggard. They're playing Waylon Jennings. I'm in my paradise. I'm enjoying it. I'm at the end of the night and my friend Larry is like, Morgan, come over here. Come meet these people. And there had been this young, like really beautiful couple that was sitting in the corner, but they were dressed kind of like city, you know, like they didn't, they didn't dance at all. And they were just kind of observing. And it turns out they were German. They were from Germany. And so then I was like, oh, what are you guys doing here? They were here on a Texas road trip to get what they called the Texas experience. And so I was like, well, this is definitely a Texas experience for you right here. It was so funny. And then it turns out they moved from Germany to San Francisco and now live in San Francisco and decided as this cute little German couple to come get the American Texan experience by driving around the state. And so I am sure that they got the full Texas experience last night, but I have got to say it truly felt like a clash of the epitome of the two different worlds that we are experiencing right now. I cannot laugh hard enough at this. I wish that you guys were flies on the wall for that interaction because it was pure gold and very, very exciting and fun. Now, those are my two Texas stories. At the end of the day, this is like a culture war, right? And so I am like queen of the culture war last night. I had a blast and I really represented our side very well, I believe. Moving on, though, we've got to talk about another cultural issue, and that is going to be a little rant on clothing and a recent post that I shared onto social media. It all has to do with um, how women should represent themselves. So basically, on social media last Sunday, I posted a usual Christian focused, Christian-themed video as a reel. And it was a before and after of me before I got baptized and after. And in no way did I intend for it to be a situation of like, look at my outfits before and after. But unfortunately, some people took it as that and were not happy with me. Now, the intention of the post was to show like, look how crazy and weird and just out of my element I was because I feel like that picture that I posted as the before in the video where I'm wearing a super tiny a super tiny ripped denim skirt. I'm wearing a, a t-shirt with like a big Texas flag and a gun on it, which I still love, still have. But I'm wearing like pit vipers that cover half of my face. My hair is wild. I have a backwards hat on and I'm just like posing like a little wild child in a field of hay. <laughs> so for me, I look at that and I'm not looking at like, oh, my skirt was really short and I have a gun on my t-shirt and my hat is backwards. But instead it's like, Okay, if you guys know me, you would know that that's clearly not Morgan in her element. You know what I mean? So that picture is just so symbolic to me of when I just didn't know myself very well. I didn't have an understanding of myself. I didn't know the things that I loved, the things that I wanted in life. I had no real solid foundation to grow a life from because I was still deciding so much. I was figuring out a lot. And my transition part of the video was me getting baptized with the, you know, to the beat of the music because I'm trendy. <laughs> and then the afters were a bunch of videos of me just like twirling around Jerusalem after I got baptized. To me, it's like, 
I just look so happy in those videos. That's why I picked them. I picked that picture because I look, in my opinion, ridiculous, not from the the skimpy clothing aspect or anything like that, but just in general. Like I look silly, if you ask me. And I don't look like myself. And then in the later pictures, I'm in the dresses that I love. You guys know I love these long dresses at this point. I'm in the dresses that I love. I just look so happy. I figured out, you know, how I like to represent myself. I just feel like light and peace and joy really shine through of my face in that content. And so I shared that and people got mad. Oh my gosh. Most of them were like super happy and they thought it was super cute. They got what I meant in terms of like, oh my gosh, messy Morgan who didn't know herself versus wow, this, this woman that I've really become. That's the whole point of the baptism video. But I had people who were like, I can't believe that you're saying that people have to wear prairie dresses from Target just to be a good Christian. And I was like, okay. Okay, uh, that was a little mean. These prairie dresses are not from Target. First of all, Target sells chest binders to children, so we don't shop at Target anymore. Thank you, ma'am. But next is, I've been really upfront about this too. I have an article on my website. I actually think I took the article section down, but I've got to put it back up. But I wrote an article and I did a whole podcast episode recently on modesty, on how I do think that that is quite valuable and how women represent themselves is not something of like, you must hide yourself from men. But instead it's like, geez, we are sold some really crappy clothing and we are sold some really crappy narratives about how women should best show their value and win over men and win attention, especially on social media. And so I, it may be unpopular sometimes, but I do definitely like to talk about modesty because I think as a woman advocating for women, they will benefit from understanding that they don't have to dress the way the world is telling them to dress. And that there's a lot of joy in being able to dress in ways that respect yourself more. And to be honest, that I think are more fashionable. Okay. Why did we get rid of dresses in the first place? That's a whole topic, right? And it's a lot more flattering. I think women look so beautiful when they are wearing these beautiful, more feminine pieces. Again, that is all a topic that I'm totally willing to talk about, but to be so hurt about me wearing longer dresses in a video and make it seem like I'm saying you can only be a good Christian woman by wearing long prairie dresses. And they said it really mean too. You know what I mean? Like the comments were like, oh, so you're saying you have to dress like you're on Little House of the Prairie to be a good Christian? And it's like, all right. Um, you know, well, the way you're speaking to me right now doesn't really reflect very well on you. So I hope that you can handle those problems on your own. But the bottom line is that was not the intention of the post. And because they have to always make it something like that, you know what? We'll have that conversation, people. You want to talk about modesty? Okay. Now we're bringing it into the conversation. So kicking off of that, something that caught my attention, and Allie, if you guys don't know this, Allison Rogers, Allie Rogers on Instagram, she works at the nonprofit with me. We handle all the communism stuff, all the interviews with the survivors of communism. We're writing some really cool stuff as resource books for you guys that are going to be released soon for free, free, literally free books. You're welcome. Well, I mean, I say you're welcome because I think that's very valuable, but you know, we have people that would like to buy other things. I get that, but Allie's the best. And we share reels a lot on Instagram together of like, oh my gosh, look at this crazy cultural situation that we're dealing with over here. And I texted her something once and it was a video of, you know, those like get ready with me videos, the GRWM, they do the hashtag and stuff. Get ready with me videos on Instagram and I guess they're on TikTok too. It's girls putting their outfits together. And, you know, the end result is often very cute. But I have this 
frustration with the fact that these fashion influencers, and they are, you know, high school girls all the way up to, to older women, they're showing beautiful outfits for the most part, but they always start the video with a set of this like really lacy, beautiful lingerie or just in regular underwear, you know, either or, but they start standing in front of the camera for an awkward amount of time, like doing a little twirl of like, get ready with me today. And they're in their underwear. (laughs) And then they like put on their stockings and you're like watching this, this girl often quite young, put on her stockings. And then you're watching her put her tank top on. So then she's in tank top stockings and underwear. And then you watch her put her skirt on and her shirt on and her shoes on and her jewelry. And she like does a little spray of perfume. But for me, I'm like, is it super duper necessary? I get, I get what's happening there. The sex sells, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, I really hate that that's a trend. So the funny thing here is like grandma Morgan moment again, I send a video of one of those situations to Allie and I go, Allie, I am completely fed up with these get ready with me videos. Have you noticed how they're always in underwear when they start? Why has this become the norm? And she replies to me and she goes, even better, Morgan, that's a trans woman. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even notice at this point. I It was a video of a man dressed as a woman, but because they'd gone through so many transformations, I didn't even notice. And it was Allie that was like, yeah, adding to the layer of it, it's actually a man dressed as a woman in women's lingerie, putting on women's clothes. So it's just a complete mess. It makes me really sad. And for me, my biggest message in all of this, when I think about what's on social media, what matters most is the fact that there are so many young people who do not deserve to have this kind of behavior normalized. And I will die on this hill, okay? I am very firm in believing that the world is going to sell some nasty stuff to our kids, some nasty stuff to young women especially. Men, you got your own problems. I think men should help men handle those problems, right? Like the if you follow the Carnivore Aurelius page, if you follow the the really cool pages like that. I follow them, but I don't think it's my place to tell young men how to handle their problems or or grown men how to handle the problems in that area. I think though for young women, I absolutely will speak out about the fact that you do not have to do this to yourself. And the really frustrating part is that the more we see these trends, the more we see just random fashion influencers saying that you have to start your get ready with me showing off my outfit video in full sets of lingerie, It's disgusting, and it normalizes really sad behavior for women. I think we will benefit by sharing this with young girls that there's a better way out there, and I will die on this hill. I will take the arrows because I don't care. If you call me internally misogynistic one more time, guess what? I really don't care, people. We're going to talk about this, or at least Allie and I will, okay? We'll die together. Thank you, Allie. All right, moving into last couple topics, you guys. We've got a midterm update. We've got nothing from Arizona, okay? But we do know one thing that a ton of the votes came in early and all of the actual election day votes are not counted. And so as those come in, I think there's like 600,000 still that are uncounted. It hopefully looks like Carrie Lake will win this. Same thing with Blake Masters. What's crazy to me is that Carrie Lake's opponent is running the elections, Secretary of State, okay? Now we're hearing that we might not know the official results in areas of Arizona for such important races like the governor, like the Senate, until potentially Christmas or New Year's. 
Are you kidding me? And so that's really, really disturbing. You don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat or any specific side to be able to look at something like that and say, that's really concerning considering we have these amazing systems of technology. We have so many advancements in our society. There's something wrong with not being able to count your votes the same day, like almost every other state and every other country in this world. This is wrong and ridiculous. So you cannot blame us for being concerned and questioning results when something like this happens. Now, something I also didn't know about, I did not know that Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans, the squish Senate Republicans that have gotten us nowhere because I am highly disappointed with the DC GOP, DC Republicans, they actually abandoned Blake Masters who is one of my favorite candidates in the country, an amazing guy. He has a bunch of kids, a beautiful wife. They homeschool their kids. They're fantastic. And Carrie Lake, even knowing that the Senate people abandoned Blake Masters in his race for Senate, she said, no, we're doing this as a team. And she campaigned with Blake the entire year. She brought him to the finish line. And Blake did an amazing job. Carrie did an amazing job. But the fact that Carrie was a leader for her state and said, you know what? We are a ticket together. He's a great candidate. We are going to work as a team to get to victory. That is fantastic. And I think everybody should know about it. Okay. It's just something that she deserves credit for. I'm not saying that she like won it for Blake or anything like that. We still don't know the results. And of course, Blake did his own amazing participation, his own contribution to it. But there's something to be said about being a leader and stepping up when other people are failing to do so. Last thing. We are going to see, because we don't have a huge Republican majority in the House, we are going to see some challenges potentially for who will become Speaker. It might not be Kevin McCarthy. You're going to see the conservatives, and by that I mean like the House Freedom Caucus, the people who are not rhinos, the people who believe in the original intent of our founders and the original versions of our Constitution, not the mess that it is today, not the mess that our government system is today. They're going to have a lot more bargaining power because the numbers are thin, and they're going to be able to challenge for the Speaker of the House position, and they're also going to have a lot more say on legislation and on the committee. So I'm really excited for that, and I wanted you guys to know. Speaking of politicians, we have Joe Biden, and I saw this horrific tweet, but it was very accurate, unfortunately. It's from this guy named Joshua Zeitz. He's a historian and a contributing editor to Politico. He tweeted, I understand his numbers are not currently great, but based on what he's gotten done with a 50-50 Senate and a narrow House majority, the mess he mopped up after Trump, his leadership on Ukraine, and tonight, the midterms, I can tell you as a historian, Biden goes down as a winner in the history books. Oh my gosh. Reading that hurt because it's pretty true, you guys. If you think about how the media has tried to spin every single story with the Biden regime uh, into a positive one, then you can easily understand how in the history books, yeah, Biden's going to look like this victorious war leader who saved Ukraine, who saved the West from evil dictator Putin. He's going to look like somebody who had a fairly successful experience in the midterms as the Republicans were claiming it was going to be a red tsunami and then it ended up not being the case. He's going to look very successful for ending COVID. And we all know the reality of living under the Biden regime. We all understand how it is to actually experience this. But at the end of the day, it's how it's written into history books. And so that's a big lesson that we all have to keep reminding ourselves of. I used to think that propaganda via rewriting history 
and controlling the narrative of what happened in the past and what's happening in the present. I thought that only happened in, you know, communist regimes like China and the the things that are happening on the other side of the world, right? But I, over time, had to come to grips with the fact that this happens in America every single day. It's happened for decades. And we can really take a lot of power back from the radical left, from the people who are controlling the institutions, if we just take away their ability to teach our children history. That is so important because history isn't just another subject in school, you guys. It is everything to society. It is the story of humans. It's the story of human successes, of achievements, and also human failures and mistakes and lessons that were learned over time on how to best succeed and then also how to take over people, how to control people. And if we don't properly learn those lessons, we are doomed to repeat it. That's the classic history phrase. But the thing that we could do immediately to take power away from the government is to cut them off when it comes to educating our children on these things. That is so, so, so important because we are going to see Biden framed as a powerful, successful president in the history books, but I don't care because guess what? I'm not going to use that history book to educate my children. That's the bottom line. And I'm not going to allow the public school system to use that as curriculum in the future when they educate my children because I'm going to homeschool. Whoa! Let's finish off with a really nice story. We've got a detransitioner speaking out on behalf of saving children from making a terrible mistake. I want to give her a shout out and then we'll, uh, we'll depart. How do I put this? The trans community lied to me. When I was a teenager, I was told that this discomfort I was feeling is just that I was meant to be a boy. And that if I transitioned, I would feel great. I would feel euphoric. It would be, it would be everything. But looking back, I think if someone at that time would have just said no just told me no just been like no you we're gonna we're gonna get you help you need it's just a normal teenage thing to feel uncomfortable in your body maybe i wouldn't be where i am today all right so that twitter account for that young woman is one done bun o n e d o n e b u n and I think she deserves our support. So thank you for speaking out. And it's a seven long or seven minute long video if you guys want to watch the full thing. But if you guys haven't yet, hit subscribe. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Please look for ways that you can get involved uh, with the veterans in your community. Again, it's much more manageable to help and serve others when you keep it local. All right. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Thank you. Bye. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.